Hey folks, welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host Dylan Burke, also known as Deej, and I'm happy to be here today with Nikhil Vesh, CEO and Chief Strategist at Vesh Consulting and Founder and CEO at Boost Solo. Welcome Nikhil. Hi, thanks Deej. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. So Nikhil, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about your history and background and what led you to the point where you founded Boost Solo? Sure. So great question. I mean, there's, there's a, it, it, I guess I, I always say I have a little bit of a uh, meandering path in terms of what sort of led me here. So my background is primarily in advertising and marketing. I worked at large agencies like Amirati Puris in India. Um, then Amirati again in London, just sort of coincidentally, and then Ogilvy in New York. And I worked across uh, both consumer brands like Unilever and Cadbury's, and then also B2B brands like PricewaterhouseCoopers and IBM. So sort of both sides of the fence, if you like. And then around 2008, after spending a good, you know, de almost two decades in ad advertising, I decided I wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone and really do something different, right? I felt like the industry was sort of had its head in the sand a little bit. Um, and I really wanted to sort of challenge myself. So I, sp I, I took actually took a year off um, and poked around, sort of looked at different opportunities. And it, a lot of it was the same old, same old. So I ended up then starting a company with an old buddy of mine who's an amazing programmer, who was actually a college friend of mine. Um, so it was like five programmers, a born in the web developer and me. Um, and we harbored ambitions of starting, um, you know, helping early stage startups come to market, which I can tell you right now is not a great business idea because uh, <laughs> well, most of them can only pay you in equity. Uh, but we did that, you know, we cobbled together the ones we helped cobble together sort of friends and family finances. We helped launch them, built their platforms and all of that. But at the time, we also ended up launching our own thing called Can I Stream It, which was really um, just a tool we built for ourselves to, um, uh, to help you figure out what's playing on different streaming services. And believe it or not, now back in 2010, Google didn't have that capability. Um, so there was no way to search Netflix or Apple or Amazon as in, in one place. Um, so we built a tool called Can I Stream It, which was described as by Gizmodo as the kayak for streaming services, which is essentially what it did. Um, and we'd built it for ourselves, being completely honest, and it, people just loved it. So, you know, the media took off on it. So, you know, I focused on building that business. We turned it into a pretty decent business, um, completely self-supported. Um, and I think we sort of got, you know, a little bit of wind in our sails and decided no investors, we can do this on our own. And we had a good run for about five years. And then at that point, we realized there were, you know, the other players that sort of all stepped into the same pond, you know, Google had built their own thing, Amazon were building their own. So we realized, you know, it was not not something we could self-sustain. Um, and at that at that time, I, my business partner and I sort of decided we want to go separate ways. So I started consulting. Um, and that's really what when Vesh Consulting was born, working with large holding companies, um, small boutique agencies, leading strategy. Um, and that's what I've been doing until last year, where I sort of felt like, you know, I work on a lot of projects. And I didn't feel like I was building anything, right? And also, I wanted to sort of give back to people. That's kind of what my primary motive was in terms of even with Vesh Consulting. But I'm still working with corporations, albeit nonprofits and you know startups and things like that. But I started seeing sort of a rise in solopreneurship. So you have you know Generation Z, which all of whom want to work for themselves. And then you have people on the other side of the spectrum who are being pushed out of the workforce the moment they turn 50. So they have to work for themselves. So I see this as sort of a major global trend over the next decade at least. And I, I felt like it was a really underserved population. And 
I also being a one man show and a solopreneur, I felt like this was the audience I really wanted to help. And I started to think about how can I bring all these skills that I have, uh, and as I said, it's a pretty varied background and really help this uh, audience. And so that's kind of what Boost Solo, as the name says, it's to boost solopreneurs. And I can talk a little bit more about that, but that sort of hopefully gives you an idea of my background, if, even though it's a little uh, bit of an year. <laughs> awesome, awesome. No, I, I loved it. Thanks for that. Um, awesome background you have. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, Boost Solo? Um, what's your strategy for that and kind of like a roadmap for the next year or so? Yeah, so I, so what I, as I said, I wanted to kind of figure out how can, how can I build something that's helpful, right? So first I looked at who's serving this market. Now, you, you can go to an agency, but I think the problem there is that it comes with a lot of overhead and it creates dependency. The other side is um, you have options like Fiverr and Upwork and freelance platforms, which mitigates the cost issue and the sort of the, the long-term contract issue. But what I found is they're very hit or miss. And I did a fair amount of research. I spoke to over a dozen entrepreneurs and almost all of them had horror stories of like going in and get, being promised something and either not being delivered or not being the quality or the level that they expected or even not the expertise somebody claimed to have, right, was missing. So that was the niche I realized I wanted to solve. That was the problem rather I wanted to solve. Um, and I also realized that, you know, being a solopreneur, your revenues sort of uh, fluctuate. They're not necessarily consistent, at least in the first five years when you're sort of setting up the company. So it had to sort of fit into um, being able to deliver the expertise in a bite-sized way. So that was one part of it. The second is trusted and consistent in terms of who you're getting and what you're getting, right? So that was the second piece that I wanted to deliver. And then the third thing I actually spent time trying to figure out, how, I also wanted to make sure that the outputs were tangible. So it's not like fluff and theory, because when you talk about things like brand strategy, you know, you can do it at 30,000 feet, which is great and wonderful if you want to read a book and sort of be an academic, but not really helpful if you're starting your business and you're like, what do I do with this, you know, persona? So I actually experimented. I spent last year working with three different solopreneurs and refining the system. So originally I started off with simplifying some of the tools we use in marketing and in, in, in advertising, you know, competitive maps and personas and stuff. And I realized, you know, while the solopreneur appreciated it, he didn't really know what to do with it and didn't know how to sort of execute and implement it, which I understand because if you're not steeped in marketing and you don't have a marketing department, these things aren't necessarily the most, um, you know, uh, versatile tools in terms of how to build stuff or create stuff. So as a result of those experiments, I've actually landed on four um, coaching sessions, you can call them. And what you end up with is a brand story on a page, which is essentially sort of the, you know, I, I say, I help you answer three questions. Who are you? Why do you exist? And why should anyone care? which I think are sort of the fundamentals of any business, right? Your vision, mission, values, really being clear about the problem you're solving, not four or five or 10 problems, and then being very clear about your audience as in the one audience that you really want to serve, at least to start with. Okay, amazing. Um, that's super exciting. And can you tell me what is the, what's the platform going to look like? Like if I'm a solopreneur, how am I going to find you and what is it going to look like for me? What does the process look like? Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So you've got me at sort of the ground floor right now. So right now it lives as a page on my website, Boost Solo. It doesn't even have, I own the domains, just to be clear. And I've launched with what I'm calling the brand boost, which is essentially the three questions I talked about. And what you end up with is a brand story on a page. Um, and the way it works is we start with, a, you go to that page, you sort of look at what, you know, what I just described to you. Um, and then you can book a discovery call with me. 
So I also want to be very clear that we sort of, uh, it's the right thing for you because it's not, you know, it's not for people who are just sort of doing it as a side hustle, who are sort of just trying it out. This is more for people who spend at least, you know, typically, and, and I've found my sort of my niche audiences or my core audiences, people who work for at least a decade or so and have some expertise or skill that they want to turn into, uh, a, you know, a regular paycheck and sort of want to get out of the corporate world. So that's typically the audience. So we start with a discovery call. We make sure we're sort of the right fit. Um, and then if, if the, you know, if the answer is yes on both sides, then we basically set up the four sessions. It starts with a founder interview. Uh, and then we do a, which I conduct, then we do a competitive, um, you actually have to go and do homework. So I give you, I assign you homework to go and really study your competitors. I sort of give you a roadmap, give you a template, how to do it, what to look for, and then also category and trends and really start to dig into your audience. Um, then we come together, we do a whiteboard where, you know, we go through the homework, we pull out insights, what's relevant, what's of value. Um, and then session three, I do a live interview with either a customer or a prospect um, and kind of show you how to you know really talk to your audience to sort of really understand and dig up because ultimately you and I can say whatever we want right if, if you if, yeah. if it's not appealing to the audience it's kind of of no value so then I make you go and do nine more interviews and you share those notes with me in a structured way and then I put together a brand story in a page and we have another session where we interrogate it together and then you're really off to the races because the brand story on a page literally gives you sort of your, your mission your purpose your beliefs your creative positioning your reasons to believe and then underneath it is sort of clarity on the opportunity, who your audience is, what their mindset is, and really the problem you're solving, and then finally your story, right? The inspiration of why you're doing this. Okay, amazing, amazing. Thanks for that. And Nikhil, so this isn't the typical way we do these podcasts. So I want to shift the conversation a little bit. Um, can you like tell us like from a you're an entrepreneur, you're a serial entrepreneur, you've done many things in your life. So can you draw us like a roadmap for entrepreneurs, like what they need to get started, what they need to get going and what they need to get growing? Um, I, I'd love to hear your, your view on that because you seem to know what you're talking about there. <laughs> well, I, I hope I can deliver. That's a great question. So here's the three things I will say, right? One is that a lot of people have a lot of good ideas, right? And and And, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are two things I find, and, and, and I've been victim to this, I've fallen victim to this, is one is that you're always looking for sort of the perfect opportunity or the perfect time to start or to launch it. There is none, right? I always say today is the perfect time and the perfect day to do it. So that's one, is just start no matter what, how half-baked it is, get it out there and try it. The second part of it is don't go full scale. Like I'm not even looking to build a, build a platform in year one, right? There are enough things like Kajabi and stuff where I can deliver sort of like the training or whatever modules I want to set up. Use tools that are already available. Don't go and spend $100,000 building a platform, what, but test it. So find people um, who are willing, you know, I network with solopreneurs. That's pretty easy to do. I found, you know, that's what I did. I did a beta test. The first one I did for free. Then I did it at, at, at price point X. Then I did two X and then I did three X and I'm sort of working my way to the price point I believe is the right price point. So that's the second thing, but I'm also refining the system. So there's a value equation on both sides, right? You're getting something at a much lower price than I would normally charge. And I'm learning as a result of your experience. So it works both ways. So that's the second thing I do. And then the third thing I'd say is, understand at the point at which you can't necessarily do this on your own, right? That's the lesson I learned with Can I Stream It, 
Whereas where we thought, you know, and I'll be honest, when Netflix actually shut down their private API, they gave us access there. I mean, their public API, they gave us access to their private API. Now, in our minds, we were like, oh, we're, we're like, you know, the hottest thing ever now. Now we can go do this on our own, which is not true. We, you know, at that point, I would have probably gone and gotten investors if I go back and turn the page on, on can I stream it? So that's the third thing I say is understand the point at which, you know, you can only take it so far as one person, no matter how brilliant you are, or two or three people. Understand when you need to go and get some investment or some resources or even outside expertise and help, right? Because everybody needs help. So that's the third thing I'd say is when you're ready, when you reach that point where you've sort of got, you know, I hate the word product market fit because it's just so overused, but I'll say when you've, when you've realized you've created value for the audience that you were trying to create value for, right? That's the point at which you decide you want to scale, make this bigger. Um, and that's the third thing I'd do. So I, I, I'm not sure that's, but that's sort of the, three-step roadmap is what I would say at a high level. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and on that first point about executing your ideas, I can felt like a bit of a stab to me because when I was younger, I had such, like, I've always had great ideas. Um, I've got a bit of an entrepreneurial mind. Um, and when I was younger, I thought about, like, I saw these people were scanning barcodes and you could, like, do cool things with barcodes. I was like, it'd be so cool if we could just scan a barcode and pay for our dinner or our food at the groceries or shop with the barcode. And then I just talked about it a little bit. I was like 16 at the time. So I'll give myself that. I was really young. Um, and then a couple of years later, SnapScan came out in South Africa. And now it's literally on everything. You can, anyone can sign up for SnapScan. You can use it at the grocery store online, pretty much anywhere. Um, so like, I couldn't agree more on that. It's, it's about having an idea, verifying your idea and just getting started. Don't wait. Don't, don't do anything. Um, and on that third point as well, it's, it's a really common topic actually on the podcast um, is realizing that you may not, even though it's your company, you're the founder, it might be your baby, you may not be the best person for certain positions. Like you may be good at being a CEO, but you might not be the best at sales or you might not be the best at marketing. So it's realizing that you need to hand over the reins to someone else. Um, and I think that's, it's a mature decision within entrepreneurship is to understand that you need to be able to hand over to someone else and put your trust in someone else without you having to micromanage them. Um, and that's a huge thing for people to overcome. That's a great point. And if I could add a layer to the roadmap, then the one other thing I would say is, and maybe this comes from maturity, is the letting go part, I completely agree, but also don't hire people who are exactly like you, right? Now, as human yeah. beings, typically, we form friendships with people who are like us. We have similar things, right? And that's okay. But in a business, you want to complement the skills that you don't have, not replicate the skills that you have. And that's the other mistake I see a lot of entrepreneurs make as they build their companies, is hire people who are like them. Now, you want to hire people who, exactly like you said, like sales is not my strong suit. I'll need somebody to do that. Or building a community may not be something I'm really good at. I mean, you know, ultimately, I see this community underpinning Boost Solo, and that's something I would need to hire for. So absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's also um, one of the conversations I had recently was um, you need to be able to make the right hire and be ready to, I can't remember the saying he, was, he said, but you need to be able to walk past the corpse of a bad hire because you probably, your first hire is probably going to be bad and you're going to learn from it. 
and you're going to waste some time training them and teaching them. Um, and then your next hire should be the one or the third one, at least. <laughs> so it's, it's important um, to understand that, that you need to make the right hires and you need to fire and make the right fires as well when necessary. Um, as hard as it can be, that's super important for the business. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it reminds me of you just kind of reminded me of the first time I was learning to ride a bike. You know, and it's exactly that. It's like until you get on the bike, you're never going to learn. You can sort of watch people yeah. as much as you want. And, you know, you can theorize, you can watch YouTube videos. But until you actually, you know, as I think Roosevelt said, until you, uh, Teddy said, until you get in the arena, you can't really, you're not going to learn anything, right? So that's the thing. And, and you will fall over many times to your point about the corpse. And be prepared for that because that's how you learn, honestly. I mean, if everything was perfect, you would never you would never learn any new information, right? Exactly, exactly. Actually, um, I had the analogy on another show a couple of weeks ago. I was like, entrepreneurship is, it's like riding on a roller coaster. Um, yeah. You've got ups and downs. It's terrifying at some points. But once you get off, you want to get right back on again because it's awesome at the end of the day. And it's lots of fun. Um, and I think if you're not having fun, you need to have a look in the mirror and, and reevaluate what you're doing. Um, because at the end of the day, you need to enjoy what you do. Um, I'm a firm believer of that. Yeah, I agree. And again, through experimentation is how I always say you find your passion, right? Nobody wakes up knowing exactly what they want to do or what they want to be. You know, people even, you know, and I turn 50, I'm like, I'm still figuring out what I want to be when I grow up. And that's okay. Yeah, and I think exactly. The, today, the world we live in today is you have that option, right? Like my father's generation had one career and that was it. You're stuck with one company for most of your life and there were no other options. But our generation, you know, the world is genuinely oyster in ways that were never possible before. So Yeah, exactly. Like my, my dad, he only started like making it well in his late fifties, um, quite recently. And just showed me like never give up. <laughs> it might not happen now, might be a long time, but it can happen. You just gotta stick through it. Super important. Absolutely. Um Nikhil, what where, where do you see yourself in boost um in boost solo? Let's say in at the one-year mark from now and then at the three-year mark from now what does the business look like to you okay so i mean this year i want to focus on brand boost i want to also create multiple uh, two different at least two different price points because there are a lot of people who see other, the other thing my research has thrown up is while some people prefer to say to work with me there are others who are self-learners so i'm going to create a video module of the course which is almost like working with me but the video version of me so you can do that at a lower price point um, because that also gives you an option at what level you want to come in at um, the other thing i'm looking to build and the feedback i've gotten right now my nps and granted it's only three clients is 10 on on the feedback i've gotten for the brand boost that i've done but the question i've gotten is now how do we can you help us turn this into content so that's the other piece i'm working on this year is how do i build um, uh, a content boost, right? And what will that look like? Because again, if you remember, one of the things I'm focused on is also helping the solo product build muscles, right? I don't want to create dependencies like agencies do. They, I don't want them coming back to me every month to say, hey, I need, you know, a, a X, Y, or Z. They can use different boosts. But as you can see, then the idea is then to add other types of boosts, right? You can have SEO boosts, you can have design boosts, you can have legal boosts. I mean, it's sort of endless in terms of, but I'm going to let my audience, my community sort of dictate and tell me what they need, right? I don't want to add crap that they don't necessarily need just for the sake of adding it. So that's one part of it. The second is I strongly believe that there is a need. And again, that's another gap I found is, is the need for a community in the solopreneur 
arena right now there are lots of sort of solopreneur groups and business groups and stuff like that but what i tend to find is a lot of them are the same people so it's like marketing solopreneurs or like you know programming solopreneurs so what you've got is which is great you can exchange ideas and you sort of solve the same problems but what you're not getting is that outside thinking or that sort of whiteboarding right so i want to create a solopreneur community where like my first client you know was a fashion consultant my second one was doing helping blue collar people find work the third one was a coffee school so very different sort of businesses but going through the same problems right in terms of growth in terms of challenges so i think there's there can be a lot of serendipity in bringing that sort of group together so that's the second thing i want to work on this year is, is how do you build a community that of like-minded people doing you know in different categories but facing similar problems so we can actually cross-pollinate and really because i always say you know as a strategist you know you know the brilliance comes from take borrowing from the diapers that i sold for johnson's and finding uh, you know ways to to apply the same things to a crm solution and you can actually do that when you cross pollinate that way and that's where i think the beauty of serendipity and business is so that's the second thing i want to do and then in year two it's really start to build out the platform, right? Because obviously there's only so many brand boosts I can do. So once I codify the system, I can bring in other strategists and then it becomes more of a marketplace is the way I'm seeing it, where we just take a percentage. Um, and But the system is again, going back to the level of expertise, it's trusted, vetted by me. And then obviously the input and output is like, you know, the quality of the output is guaranteed because the people are following a, a, a certain system, unlike some of the uh, freelance platforms. So that's sort of the, what the vision of the roadmap is at the moment. But again, you know, as Mike Tyson said, Mike Tyson, I think famously said that everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. So that's the only <laughs> thing I've learned is, you know, exactly. I'm sure I'll be punched a few times down this road. Exactly. Well, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm definitely going to be following your journey um, to see where this goes. That's it's really awesome and exciting. And I definitely think it's a, it's a needed space. Um, and I've just checked the clock. We are out of time, unfortunately, but before we go, what is the one piece of advice um, you would like to give other business owners looking to start a business um, in this crazy world? So I will say, find your angels. And I don't mean angel investors, but I mean the people who will support you no matter what, right? So one of the things I've always found is because you mentioned the roller coaster, it's a great analogy. There's exhilaration, there's thrill, but there's also like the pit of your stomach and there are tunnels where you're like, oh my God, did I, what, what have I done? Have I taken this leap? There's no net. So have the people who will always have your back, who always know your potential, who will always be able sort of like giving you the positivity, have them around you as you take this journey, right? Whether it's a spouse, it's a close friend, it's an ex-colleague or all of them, right? Or a mentor. So that's what I would say, surround yourself with those people because you're going to, on this journey, they're, they're gonna be, a, it's a lonely road as we all know to be an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. So you're gonna need those angels around you um, for the days when you need to be lifted up. Amazing. I, I love I love that advice. Um, something I've, I haven't heard actually on the show yet, and I appreciate that a lot. Um, Nikhil, thanks again for your time today and for being on the show. What is the best way for people to get in touch with Nikhil Vesh if they're looking to follow your journey or if you might, may have any offers for them to take advantage of? Um, so I think LinkedIn is the easiest way. So LinkedIn slash IN, I think Nikhil Vesh. Um, is where you can find me. Um, but you can also email me. It's nikhilvesh at gmail.com if you want to reach out directly. Okay, awesome. I appreciate that. And thanks so much again, Nikhil. Thank you, DJ. I really appreciate you having me.